All right, it looks like we're ready to launch this sucker. What is going on, everyone? And welcome to episode number 161 of the Xbox Roundtable podcast, your go-to source for Xbox talk on Sunday nights, and so much more from around the industry. I'm your host, Invader, and thank you all for tuning in tonight. If you're from the good old US of A, I hope everyone has had a very happy Thanksgiving weekend. I've seen a lot of food posted over the past weekend, and for someone who's a huge turkey and stuffing fiend, you know what, I gotta say I'm very envious of all of you. (laughs) But you know what, I hope everyone's been kicking back and enjoying themselves, and maybe even found some time for, you know, to sneak in some video games, right? Speaking of which, we've got a lot of Xbox stuff to talk about tonight, and a little more from around the, the industry. Xbox head Phil Spencer did an interview with The Verge, and he discussed different tribalism in gaming. As well, we'll be diving into criticisms over some Xbox launch titles, uh, their performances, and MechWarrior is finally making its way back to Xbox. How exciting. However, before we, we begin, let me introduce everyone on tonight's panel, and joining us tonight is a guy with a boatload of popular weekly gaming shows. He's not only very knowledgeable, but also very positive and passionate with his approach to things. Please welcome Mr. Boomstick XL. Boomy, how you doing, man? Very good, brother. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me back to the show, back to the round table. It's very uh, it's very great to be here. Lots to get into. Uh, I appreciate the intro. One of the crux for my uh being a you know a, a youtuber or a content creator is being positive uh it's so easy to you know go down the road of negativity for subs and clicks and and i like the way you guys do it which of course is why i will always guest appear here and it's something that uh that i really really uh you know try to drive home that yeah sure you can constructively criticize something but as long as there is a, there's a reason for doing it and it's not doing it just for the chasing of clicks because hate sells, I think we're going to be okay. Oh, come on, man. You got to shill for some of that sweet ad revenue from time to time, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, guess, I guess people definitely need that, re- that revenue. But you know what? At the end of the day, it really is about our Xbox gaming and we do have a lot to talk about. No, absolutely. And of course, I'm just kidding around, guys. But, you know, it's all about, you know, it's talking about games, camaraderie, and just, the you know, again, the passion for the hobby. And, you know, I really appreciate everyone that's come out in the chat to uh, come listen to us, to watch us. And, of course, you know, all the fantastic guests we've had on so far, including yourself, Boom. And, yeah, I just I hope for a positive chat all the time. And, uh, you know, we just we talk about, you know, what's on our minds and in our hearts. But, you know what? Again, Boom, thank you for being here, and I will move on down the list to the TXR crew. Jeremy, buddy, happy Thanksgiving, bud. How you been? I'm doing great. How you doing? Thanks for joining us, Mr. Boom. Appreciate that. Not a problem, brother. Looking forward to this podcast, man. Yeah, definitely, bud. Uh, Centurion, buddy, uh, how's the long weekend been treating you? Oh, it's been treating me pretty good. Um, not as long. Uh, like I did have to work Saturday. It's kind of funny. I work two days, have a day off. Now I have the next two days off. So I, I felt like I didn't. Sadly, I felt like I was screwing around at work. I didn't even feel like I was really doing anything. But I am here, ready to talk games. It was an awesome Thanksgiving. 
But now it's time to uh, dive into some really good gaming talk. And we also got Mr. Boomstick here along with the other usual suspects. It's going to be a great show. Yeah, brother, you got that right. And, of course, making our way down here, Megatron, my man. Uh, have you been taking what's it up? easy? Yeah, what's up? What's up, man? I've been definitely. I've had, what, four days off. Four days <laughs> off of relaxation, great food from the fam for Thanksgiving, and I've just been playing games on the new Xbox, and and the icing on the cake to end it off, you know, we got Boom on the show. Um, and you know, I met Boom you, back brother. in 2019 in, uh, in uh, L.A., you know, we partied yes. together, drank together. We sure we had did. <laughs> absolute awesome time. And to have him on the show, I'm telling you, it's just, it's it's an absolute pleasure, man. Thanks for having you. Thanks for coming by, man. Just No, no problem. Thank well, thank you, you guys for having me. Definitely appreciate it. I mm -hmm. cannot wait for us to be hanging out once again and potentially in E3 2022. <clears throat> I'm with you on that, man. I hope, I hope, I hope it just goes smoothly. We can uh, do it again, brother. I remember uh, meeting Boom uh, back in 2019. If I'm not mistaken, it was on top of the spire, correct? Yes, that's where the the, uh, okay. the nightcap party was. Right. Okay. Yeah, I remember now. Nice, nice. Oh man, I wish again. I wish that there was an E3 this year, but you know, unfortunately, because of the state of things, that wasn't able to happen. But I, oh, I would have totally gone. I just, oh, just feels like we've been missing out, you know. Oh. Yeah, it's just 2020 has been one of those years, man. You know, 2021 is rolling through, and uh, hopefully it'll be uh, uh, much better. Uh, let's just say, you know, not as bumpy, but uh, yeah. But um, hey, we're all here, and we're talking games. Mm -hmm. Definitely, most certainly. All right, guys, I think we'll move right along into our first topic then. And... Most recently, Xbox's Phil Spencer did an interview with The Verge. I mean, of course, he's been making the rounds the past couple of months, but this is the most recent one. And there was a variety of things discussed. However, one subject stood out, and that was on brand tribalism. And Phil stated that he finds toxic brand loyalty to, to be distasteful and despises the idea that companies like Microsoft have to see others fail in order to achieve their goals. He stated that tribalism in the industry, if there was anything that would ever drive me out of the industry, is actually that. He went on to say that when a team releases something into the market... For the world to tear it apart on the internet, it's just such a brave thing for a team to do. I'm never going to vote against any creative team or any product team to do poorly because I have a, comp a competitive product. It's not in me. I don't actually think it helps us in the long run in the industry. And then he adds to that saying, but there is a core that just really hates the other consumer product. And man, that's just so off-putting to me. To me, it's one of the worst things about the industry. So, I mean, some really interesting commentary here from Phil, guys. But, uh, Boom, I'll go with you here. I'll start with you. You're our, you're our guest. What do you think about Phil's comments here? Because we see a lot of stuff over social media, obviously, every day. And I can certainly relate to a lot of what Phil is saying here. You know, here's the thing. Um, you know, one of the th one of the reasons why I admire Phil Spencer uh, as much as I do is because of the good guy nature that he portrays. 
and it's not an act. Uh, Phil, in his core, is a gamer. Uh, besides being the head of Xbox, besides sitting at the big big boys table with Satya Nadala and and making these big time deals like we saw with Bethesda and Zenimax, and we seen with uh, if you go all the way back to um, you know E3 2018 with Ninja Theory and Obsidian and some of these other incredible developers. At his core, he's just a regular guy, regardless of his title. And I got to tell you, man, you know, it, it, it is pretty, for me at least, it's why I support proudly the Xbox brand. And it is the brand I support first before anything else because of the leadership that Phil Spencer brings to the table. Uh, again, he has been criticized, and I talked about this on several of my shows last week, how his good guy mantra is somehow his Achilles heel or his kryptonite. And I would 100% disagree with that. I think that what the the logic that he brings to the Xbox community as well as the love of that said community is something to be admired. And him being as candid as he was during this Verge interview, this is really who Phil Spencer is. And I agree with him. Listen, I, it's, it, listen I, I'll be the first one to say this. It is perfectly okay to love a particular brand. Uh, it's certainly not okay, at least in my book, to go out, go out of your way to tear down the other brand because you're that loyal to X plastic. I think I think there's there's really something wrong with you if you have to find um, enjoyment of seeing someone else fail. Now, granted, I support all multiple consoles. I think everyone knows that. But for me, the first console, if you said if I had to pick one out of the three, it would be Xbox. But that's be, but but that's my brand of choice. Now someone someone sitting next to me may have a different opinion. That's great. But man, this was a real telling um, interview, and it really kind of if you didn't know who F Phil Spencer was before this, I think it's safe to say you do now. Mm -hmm. Right. Spot on, man. Spot on. And let me tell you, and, and, and look, I mean, let's we, we can even talk about the beginning of this new generation with the new consoles we have here now. And I love what people are doing. They're vaping into <laughs> Xboxes. They're smashing them. And then they, and it goes both ways. <laughs> it goes both ways. But you see this stuff already and how toxic it gets. It's just like, man, it's like, just stop already. It, it is disheartening. It just makes you want to just turn every damn thing off. Um, but I don't know, man. I just you, go ahead. you know, Megatron. It's always been like this uh, mm -hmm. since the beginning of of consoles. You know, and you look at it, the only thing that's enhanced it is social media. Social that's media. the only thing that's yeah. So that's the only thing that's really relevant today is social media, and it's magnified because of it. Now you go back into the the Nintendo days, and back in you know eighty four, eighty five, when Nintendo first launched. Uh, I, you know, there was no real competition, but then you go back and then Sega came out and it was Sega versus Nintendo and there was console wars then. And when I remember when I was a kid, you know, I felt the same way towards Nintendo as I do today, you know, with Sony. I know it sounds funny, but, and sounds silly, but gaming in itself has become a culture. And when it, when it becomes a culture and when people put 
their livelihoods in it and when people uh put money into it and when people love it like whether it's your favorite football team or your favorite hockey team or your basketball team or your favorite teddy bear at night with you cuddle with you know <laughs> these things people love and they'll 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 die to defend it i know it sounds again it sounds corny and and bizarre but that's what culture is you know gaming mm-hmm. is a culture and when you love something and you put as much passion into it people are going to defend it no matter what but there's and two feel, there's ex- no extremes it, to it bro the death there's threats? Not, it, you know it's <laughs> look it there's always there's always going to be no i can you can't take it, it to the point where the, the game developers and the publishers no, and, and uh, the actual employees of these companies can't even have social media accounts because some agreed. people stalk them on their accounts threaten their lives say they're going to come by their house and do things to them all over a what a game like Agreed. I think that's taking it to a very sick level. Agreed. You know, it, it is, it's it is it's one thing to, to be a fan. Level. It's another thing to be a total. In my opinion, it is to go to a very sick level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, are we talking about what are we talking about? Is tribalism a, a bad thing, or is it? Can it be a good thing? Oh, are I, we talking I, about super toxic people doing threat death threats? What are we talking about here? What are you guys talking about here? I'm talking about. You know, just the the console wars in general, the banter that goes on. I'm not talking about death threats. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the people who will defend their console no matter what, who want to see. I mean, it's the nature of business in itself. It's a dog-eat-dog business. And whether Phil says it or not, he wants to see Sony. I don't care who you are. He wants to see Sony. And he does it with his actions when he's buying Minecraft, when he's buying ZeniMax, he even though he's not saying it, he's doing it indirectly because Phil in general is in charge of a business and that's the goal of, of a business owner. You know, it's not this kumbaya singing, you know, um, every single day, you know, holding hand. It's not like that. It's, it's a dog-eat-dog world. And if he doesn't do that, guess what happens to Xbox? They become irrelevant, and they go out of business. And that's the bottom line between a, a business owner and, a, and someone who runs a business than, you know, somebody on the street just, you know, doing whatever that they're doing, not making money. And, and that's where there's companies in this world that bank off of, letting the world know that their employees are treated quite well and that they're not just some machine of, you know, whatever gets in our way, we're just going to lay waste to it. And that's where Phil Spencer isn't the kind of businessman that's going to just lay waste to anybody in front of him. He does make the argument, why does, why does he have, why does his success have to be built on the failures of someone else? Why can't why can't Sony succeed in their own ways and stand right next to him because he actually does not see Sony and Nintendo as competition. That's what that's one thing people can't really they're like, you know, he's supposed to stay in charge of Xbox. It is established Xbox does not see Sony and Nintendo as competition. So at that point, you have to remember when we have Google and Amazon running around, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And so there's some inherent cooperation that could basically help um, basically keep the whole, like the trinity of console gaming relevant and somehow keep the new guys that want to actually change gaming in a direction that people don't agree with. And that's Google and Amazon. 
and somehow they could actually fortify console gaming and make it to where uh, these newer companies are going to have a harder time coming in. And that's where, like, I see where Phil's coming at with tribalism on the fact that there's literally uh, consumers out there that would basically start hating a product if the person associated with their product told them to hate that product. Yeah, like, that's that's, a, that's everything. I mean, we're talking about the Ford versus Chevy. Hmm. You're talking about it. Just it's go. It trickles. Yeah, down. but now, but, but we're talking just blindly following just because someone says so. You know, <laughs> I, I I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. I always do my own research and make my own decision based off of how I feel. I, I don't need someone to basically make those decisions for me. Just like Xbox uh, has been giving me options all year, uh, all generation mm -hmm. long on how to consume the uh, the content mm -hmm. that they put out into their ecosystem. Yeah, but when you when you have a uh, a platform like you like YouTube and like various other platforms. It is a form of whether you want, you want to call it manipulation, you know, subscribing to somebody that you like and, and they throw a narrative out, whether it's bias or not. And you're just listening to and it's like it's almost like uh, how can I put it? Anyway, it's almost like you listening to somebody and, um, you know, saying one thing and it I don't know. It's just it's it's very manipulative. So, in my, in my so like. I guess the idea of you not being tribalistic, uh, Downer, is when Sea of Thieves came out, you did not like what was put out. I've actually read your article that you put out, and you weren't happy with the product that came out. Uh, a tribalistic individual would have taken that game and said thank you. Oh, absolutely, because people who are have so much brand loyalty to that extent, I mean, if you want to say tribalistic, uh, they just ignore the flaws with their preferred company. Or, again, it's like che cheerleading for a team, right? But you have to know when to criticize, you know, when to call them out for certain things. And Jeremy was doing that. So Yeah, and that's where I feel like uh, a tribalistic person will take will accept anything put in front of them for what it is. And that has definitely been one of I'm sorry people can totally get on uh, my opinion now, but in my opinion, I feel like the Xbox community is more vocal on uh, the shortcomings of uh, the, the, the ecosystem that they want to support and that they're not just going to turn a blind eye to those shortcomings. They're, they're going to bring them up in conversation and in social media, unlike other brands where they get passes and they're able mm -hmm. to resell games in multiple ways and repackage stuff. Like, I mean, like it, it's insane what other brands get away with compared to Microsoft. Right. You know, at, 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 at the core of this, though, and again, this this is this is a, this is a great conversation, by the way. This is a great way to open up the show, because I, I can say this, you know, with everything that everyone has says has been legitimate and the, no, no one has failed to drive their point home. One of the biggest things that that ignite this tribalism unfortunately is the mainstream media. See, no one has yet mentioned that. And I, I, I want to be the one to talk about that for a second, if that's okay, and yeah, data, because right it is one it is one of the biggest driving points to this entire conversation. You see, unfortunately, 
and I've said this, I've written an article about it, I've written art- articles with plural uh, about this, uh, and uh, I don't even care if it, they get, they got a lot of traction, but that wasn't the point for them. They were, the point was to say my piece, and the issue at hand is a part of the tribalism that Phil Spencer is referring to, and he didn't specifically mention anyone, didn't, actually didn't mention the mainstream media, though I wish he would have, because... If you look at the uh, the way uh, social media and, and the mainstream media is handled, unfortunately, the journalists and and again, I have I, I I can't say that this is every journalist because that would be putting everybody in under 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 an umbrella, and that's not right to do. But a good portion of today's mainstream gaming media is a very very young. Um, it, it, it's a it's a young man's game. Now, now I grew up reading, uh, you know, magazines. That I used to have to go to to the Optimo to get. You know what I'm saying? The Nintendo Powers, the Gamers Republic, the video, mm-hmm. the, you know, the VGS. Th- those types of magazines. Die Hard Gamer, right? EGM when they were 400 pages thick. That if you hit someone with it, you'd kill them, right? Oh. <laughs> I remember going to the stores to buy these, and they were written by real journalists who were talking about video games and writing it like it was a newspaper. And unfortunately, because you are dealing with a very, very different generation, it's more of a frat house kind of a scenario with a lot of these journalists who do not write their papers or their articles with a non-biased mentality, meaning they are writing it they're giving us the correct information as view as readers. They are putting their opinions into these these posts rather than giving us the actual facts. And I think that 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 in itself adds to the tribalism. In well, my boom, opinion. boom, let me ask you a question. Why do you think that is? Well, because there, someone is getting paid. Nobody wants exactly. to talk about this for yeah. a second. No, nobody wants mm-hmm. to say yeah. they're being, you know, given envelopes in a dark alley. And I'm not yeah. suggesting that that's the fact, but but the reality is, it is a business, and mm-hmm. whoever pays more is yeah. going to obviously get more written on their side. Now, again, yeah. I know that we've had this conversation in private, privately, and and we've all had this conversation publicly on podcasts, but the reality is Sony, and I have this on good authority, invested significantly, significantly yeah. into, the, into the gaming media last yeah. generation. I'm sorry to say, if you don't believe me, that is the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I've, I've I believe spoke, you. I've spoke about that in length, uh, about that too. It, it's not just with money in per se, but it's with gifts. It's yes. With, uh, it's with gigs. It's with trips. Uh, trips. Exclusive. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Oh, oh, you but, guys you know, need uh, some new TVs in your studio? Oh, okay. We'll uh, give you some. Just you know, if you cover our game and uh, yeah. you know, prop but it up. I, I do look at it like this, too, is you have to be, in this day and age, in journalism and gaming, and it's in this industry, you have to be on one side of the fence or not, because why is that? Because of the fans that go absolutely ballistic online that will chew you to pieces, and they'll they'll ruin you. They'll ruin you. They'll make an example out of you, and they'll ruin your career, so in... in 
you know, it's almost like a catch-22 kind of thing where you have no choice but to defend one side or another, whether it's Xbox, whether it's PC, whether it's it's PlayStation, whether it's Nintendo, because if you don't, you know, you're going to start hearing it from all all sides of, of the angle. Um, so when you're on one side of the fence, you can stick to your guns and say, hey, this is, you know, this is it. The heck with big, big objective or or even, uh, you know, non-biased, you know, <laughs> they're just going to go on one side of the fence, and that's the way it's going to be. Mm, yeah. And we've seen a lot of this, especially during the last Gen 2. I mean, how many articles, for example, came out about something negative regarding Xbox, and it basically got ran with for half of the generation, if not the majority of it until xbox did something about let's say the power gap for example by investing in again the xbox one x because i remember them going obsessive into just little blades of grass in gta 5 mm -hmm. <laughs> and just other ridiculous things like that i mean i'm not saying that microsoft or xbox can't be called out on some things however there are certain approaches and things that got highlighted by the media and it just like it it just really created a storm when Xbox did have some pretty good games for the first couple of years of the generation, which unfortunately were overshadowed by again some of the news coming out. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, again, I I know this is not part of the conversation, but mm -hmm. I just want to throw I just want to throw my point out there, and let you guys go crazy with it if you decide. If, if here's exa here's a perfect example of how things are done in the in the media. Right now, if you look at the Series X and the S, there's been a few hiccups, like with all new hardware, but hardly, but hardly, to the effect of what is going on with the PlayStation Five currently. The amount of posts that I have seen, and I'm not talking about someone just writing their post, saying, hey, Sony, your system sucks or whatever. I'm saying that people putting up videos that get 37,000 hits because they're showing all of this malfunction. I mean, a perfect example, I, I, I have not played my PlayStation 5 because I was, again, I have both. But I wanted to really invest my time into AC Valhalla and many things on the Xbox. But this weekend, the holiday weekend, I decided to to put my 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 you know my Series X on pause. Let me jump into a few things on Sony. And don't you know, playing Miles Morales, my system went black, shut yeah. off, and it wouldn't come back on for ten minutes. I was ridiculously Pedro, and I'm like, what is happening? And I get the, the thing finally loads up and it's a, a, a system crashed, error comes up, re rebuilding your system, this, that, and the third. I said, oh, here we go. How, I mean, am I, I know I'm not a lunatic uh, invader, but ha have we even heard anyone in the mainstream media put pressure on Sony to answer this? They haven't even went public with this, but if this would have been Microsoft the media would have held their heels to the fire until someone barked something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen a whole lot of different things, either with Spider-Man Ma Miles Morales or even Demon Souls. Thankfully, I mean, I have a PlayStation 5. I haven't had anything to the likes of which that I've seen. Like, there's been all kinds of weird, like, 
screen tearing going on, especially in Demon Souls for some reason. It's very mm-hmm. weird. See, how do we know it's a widespread issue, though? I mean, I I could say that there's issues with the Xbox system based on just you guys, mm-hmm. the people I know. I mean, shit, Invader, you had an issue. Centurion <laughs> had, had an issue with their Xbox. Does that mean that it's that it's it's a widespread issue? I mean, just because somebody posts something and then thousands of people post something on the Internet doesn't make it true. We all get caught up in, in some of these... Uh, you know, people post stuff on social media just to get clicks and just to get likes and just I, to get a reaction and just to get, and it's it, that's wide more widespread, I think, than some of these system issues that go on. I just more see more. You know, I see your point, Jeremy, but I just see more things being posted on Twitter. I only use my Twitter for gaming, you know, but and I just see more things on. You know, uh, on Twitter about PS5 and the issues it's been having since launch. Okay, um, but can you make, that's an argu- make an argument saying that there are more people that purchased uh, PlayStation 5 as opposed to a, an Xbox Series X? I don't know the numbers. Possibly. I don't know the numbers right. on, so on, it, on sales. An argument saying that, hey, since there's more systems out there, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's going to be more issues with that. Yeah, I could come to that reasonable conclusion. Right. I, I well I disagree with you there, dude. I, I, I because I, I, I could tell you this for an absolute fact, it would probably be somewhere at, at minimum two to one for Xbox consoles well, versus I mean, PlayStation Five. Know that? Where's how do you know this? I mean, I mean, I, I mean, what are you talking about? Are you like, just, are you guessing or are you? Uh, I don't think I'm that, guessing. What's I, that? I, in, what's I, that I, information? That's what I'm asking. What's that information? Well, I mean, the information is uh, well. I have a lot of inside sources, which I will not d- d- disclose, you know, publicly on the air. That's number one, uh, dude. And number two, I think I have a vested interest in what's going on, so I kind of do my due diligence. See, you're you're blindly shooting down the idea that there's something wrong with the PlayStation 5. Now, whether that's because you're a fan or not, I don't know. But uh, the, 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 uh, reports, the reports anything, that are coming in of people oh. showing actual video of their consoles taking a dump has been legendary in the last week or so. As a matter of fact, uh, some of the mainstream media people um, yeah, who have, have had there's their... There's been more I mean, review consoles on the PS5 side that have died than the Series X. Yeah, you got her too. Behind the yes. scenes, yeah. I'm, I'm rich review tech. USA, I, yeah, I'm not even going off of like social media. When I base my d- opinion on this whole thing, I'm not going off of social media or or people like myself that can just post on social media. My Xbox Series X died. Uh, it bricked itself five hours out of the box. That's no secret. Uh, but definitely, when I look at the situation, I look at we all know major uh, like influential people got these consoles. And it seems like there's more people that are are in the media that are saying my cons my PS5 is having issues than they're saying about the Series X. There is. I mean, as Jeremy stated, I did have issues with my first <laughs> Series X. Yeah, unfortunately. I remember you posted about that. Yeah, yeah. See, oh no, go ahead. No, and then we well, we also know someone else close to us that had issues with their Series X too. So out of this close group of friends, we had three bad Series Xs. But barely anybody here bought a PS5, so we can't really say that, you know, that like, you know, that the that, that, that the PS5 has a higher failure rate. But um, I know like uh, there's a lot of uh, people that I that uh, I I guess follow on Twitter, and a lot of them have put out 
uh, some issues. And I know uh, like uh, King David has been very outspoken mm -hmm. about how there's been some serious issues with the PS5. And he has been showing that like, you know, retweeting some people out there showing that these just aren't you know, you know, run of the mill people throwing tweets on Twitter. These are uh, p content creators and 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 gaming media individuals that are having actual issues with the PS5. And now there's starting to actually we're starting to see uh, reports that there's people that are noticing that the fan mm. is starting to run uh, louder in the PS5. Like Sony did an update and they're trying to make the console cool itself. Um, like. Here's the one thing that, at least if I could go out there and throw this, this is where I turn into a, a little bit of a geek. And I'm sorry, um, guys, get ready to watch the paint dry. But if we all watched the video that was put out there about the, the heating situation with the PS5, there's nothing wrong with the PS5. But the fact that that guy said that the, the, uh, the one uh, chip underneath it got around 200 degrees... And yeah. its failure point is at 220. Um, that's not a big deal to somebody like uh, like uh, Invader or Downer or somebody that actually lives in a climate that actually doesn't get that hot. <laughs> now look at somebody like me. I live in Phoenix, Arizona. I and keep I my house. Hot. I keep my house at 75 degrees. But I mean, like during the summer, man, my AC literally has to work itself. There's going to be people that don't have that ability. I really feel that as we get into the summertime of um, uh, here in the United States, we're probably going to start seeing probably maybe a lot more failures on the, the heating side, um, purely because, I mean, it's all over social media. People got these things shoved in entertainment centers, mm -hmm. uh, corners, all sorts of stuff. And all you need is a pretty much a 15 to 20 degree difference to basically um, crash a very a very uh, serious component on this console. And definitely, I really do think, my opinion is, I really see both console manufacturers, both Xbox and Sony, going back to the drawing board and having a relaunch of sorts probably next holiday season when we're going to have better product availability and they're going to have a better understanding of what these consoles have been doing in the wild. Here's, a, here's, just a, one, here's something in the chat that's on again. I I don't have the I, I have to see the paperwork in front of me. But Mr. Kima says Gamespot has reported that all five of their PlayStation fives have been bricked. Mm. Okay, so see, they got that, five. That's a big. If that is true, that is a big deal. That that is yeah. a big deal. I, I, but at I, this point, is it a software thing? You got, you know, that's what I kind of no, want to know. I no, mean, to be clear too, by the way, I don't think they people know. that are listening, no one wants it. To, no one you wants, know. you know, was encouraging or, or or hopes that, you know, our consoles that we spend a bunch of money so, on to. Bring, I know, but just, think we're probably going to see a lot of problems with people that are just plainly not storing these consoles, like they should be. Guys, this is not a console. This is a PC. There is a component inside this this plastic housing that is two hundred degrees. Wrap your mind around that. Quit shoving it into cabinets and entertainment centers. Yeah, and you got to keep it where it can get some air. Where it's got to yeah. these things got to breathe, man. <laughs> it's... 
Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, too, like, from all these reports and from different experiences that people have, I don't know about everyone else, but I'm kind of, like, walking on eggshells with these console, yep. consoles for, like, the next yes. couple of weeks, especially with my second Xbox Series X. So oh, far, save here, dude. I've been singing bedtime stories <laughs> to mine. Wow. <laughs> like, honestly, um, I've been loving the console, like, no word of a lie. It's been working fantastic, but it's still, like, you know, I'm just, like, kind of, like, being very careful with it when I move it to, like, record something or just move a wire and and i i think that if there is some truth to that game stop i I don't have the article in front of me but if there is that's big news because it's a major it's a major outlet right for one um so that means it's going to make its rounds but i remember when uh, you know microsoft had the ring of uh, ring of death the red ring of death situation and Mm -hmm. they poured a billion dollars into the xboxes and i remember because uh, back in the day when I was a GameStop manager, um, there was serious issues with it because I was getting tons of returns, tons of phone calls. And at that point, I knew that there was an issue with it and I would report all this information to to Xbox, to Microsoft. And um, at that point, it did hit a time where, you know, it was mainstream. It was all over the news. Um, it was it was in you know gaming circles around the industry. I don't think we're at that point yet, and that's all I'm saying is, is it as widespread as everybody thinks it is, or do we have, can we make uh, reasonable conclusions? And that's all I was saying. I didn't make any determination whether or not one was uh, bricking more than the other, and that's not what I was saying. I was just saying, can we come to a reasonable conclusion saying that this is what's going on, and this is what's happening with these systems? Mm-hmm. Certainly. All right, we got $5 Super Chat here from Chia Walker. Wow, I amazed that reported issue with PS5 is, can do you know the numbers, but Xbox, it is no numbers are needed. Well, there are issues. There are definitely issues across the board. I mean, I would say that the PlayStation ones, from what I've seen, are a lot more concerning but again at the same time i've had my own issue with uh the xbox series x like i just stated a minute ago we all got to be careful with these new consoles from the looks of it i am really praying that nothing happens to my playstation 5 (laughs) yeah um um if i might do you mind if i just add something real quick or do you want to move on to the next well you can continue and then we can move on I just well, I wanted to like to bring the console, like bringing the PS5 and this. Well, technically, it still involves the next generation of consoles, but I think we're watching 2013 kind of unfold all over again. But we are watching the media this time, not really kind of make a bigger deal out of this. And it comes down to remember back in 2013 when it came out that Xbox wanted to kind of have like DRM, basically locking discs to a console. Yes. Yeah. Remember that whole idea? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Microsoft doesn't respect your purchases. <laughs> so that's where I'm coming down to. What Now, what happens with uh, Sony not respecting your purchases? I'm sorry, but their idea of backwards compatibility is a freaking joke. Like, they completely rolled on this total hype train of you're potentially going to get uh ps1 ps2 ps3 and ps4 backwards compatibility on the ps5 blah 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 the ps5 comes out you find out that it's got ps i mean it's got backwards compatibility only with the ps4 and the games that are associated with ps now 
And by the way, um, the games might not work right and not all the features might not be there. I and so, the report. Oh, okay, go ahead. No, you're, no, go ahead. I'm just saying. No, like, I just saw I some just reports think it's funny where how the media is handling that differently. Mm-hmm. I just saw some reports where you were loading the PS4 game, even though you put the PS5 game in. Did you guys see that? Yes. Mm-hmm. It was. So I don't have a PS5. I just, I just feel bad for the gamers that waited all this time. I don't care if you have Xbox or PlayStation and the consoles aren't working as suspected. Yet the holidays coming up, and you're looking forward to really getting in. The gaming, so kind of my heart goes out to this. I don't want this to be like a, and I don't think anybody is, but I don't want people to think or assume that we're bashing. So you know, no, 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 just, no, I'm not bashing. I'm not bashing. I, I just, just see something. No, we're just I having just an open discussion right. about it. That's yeah, all. yeah, yeah. I just, I just feel, I just, it just breaks my heart that you know, you get a console, you plug so, it in, and you go to fire it up, and it just, it just, it goes kaput on you. So I just, you know, I, like I said, the, 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 this started from the Bloomberg report. A couple mm-hmm. of months before the the PlayStation Five was released, and if okay. you remember in that report, it was detailed that fifty percent was failing uh, due to the overclocking. Now, again, this was this was from an unnamed source that they couldn't talk about. They couldn't. They wouldn't name the source, but they had it on good authority of someone close to the situation. Now, look. If it was me reporting it, you can call bullshit. You can say that Mr. Boomstick is full of it, and I don't believe his sources, and I would say, you know what, you are okay to think so. But when Bloomberg, who is a financial paper, or now, of course, now inter, you know, it's online, they're, they're an established, well-distinguished, um, printable you know, reporting kind of a, of a site. So when they say they, and they report this, I would I would like to believe that they've done their due diligence to make sure that before they report, one out of every two SOCs for the PlayStation Five are failing. They have that they have that on good authority. It makes you wonder. It makes you wonder why so many are failing now. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And you look at the design of the consoles, too. I mean, the Xbox, it has a pretty straightforward design, right? Everything is generated with the heat going upwards, and it's a little more compact, whereas the uh, PlayStation 5, I'm looking at it right now, the way that it's designed, like, everything's just kind of pushing out in kind of, like, all directions for the vents, and even the heat sink, I don't know if people have seen the the, uh, heat sink on the inside of it. It's a monster. It's 80% of of the PlayStation 5. A lot of copper. A lot of it, yeah. That's why I'm kind of concerned about the uh, heating issues with that sucker, yeah. Well, with a with a like an average consumer kind of person, and I hate saying average or casual, but we're looking like when you pull the Series X out of the box or the Series S, it it feels familiar. It feels like an Xbox. You don't need to ha- like get out an instruct instruction manual or anything to basically hook it up. It, you know, with the PS5 taking it out of the box, if it wasn't for that breakdown video that I watched on the stand. You know, like how many people have we already seen that are literally using the console upside down for starters because they have it really? (laughs) Yeah, they have it stored on its side and it's upside down. Yeah, they don't even. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. They put it on its side. I didn't think it was that bad, to be honest. (laughs) Like, I was. Yeah. Now, I've seen people. What was what that bad? Oh no! Just like how people have just been setting it without like the stands and stuff. I didn't like. I didn't realize that that was like such a huge thing. But uh, sorry, go ahead, Megatron. 
No, I was just going to say the same thing. That's the, the, the what I've saw was people just laying them flat without using the stand to put underneath. But that was it. It was the one video where it was well, vibrating was the, a lot. The, the one was that like made teetering. me crack up uh, was the guy put it on Twitter that is his disk drive is making a weird noise. And then all of a sudden you see in the thing your console's upside down. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's where at least that's where I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely. I'm just saying that there's going to be the one thing I'm really looking forward to in the future is uh this is going to cause sony to have to revamp their return policy on their digital games because there's going to be so many people accidentally buying ps5 versions of the games and ps4 versions of the games and they're going to be basically having to get refunds on that this that and the other and this is where we're going to definitely see how um smart delivery is is definitely helped to alleviate something like that. I was on my Xbox One X the other night looking at the uh, the Observer remaster, and the fu- it said right across the screen, plain as day, this will not work on this console. Mm. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, at least it said it straightforward like that. But, again, guys, like, I have both consoles, and so far, I mean, despite some setbacks... I, I am really happy with how both of these are playing for me currently, but I know some people have had some unfortunate instances. I mean, again, I had a a broken, you could say, uh, Xbox Series X. But again, so far, everything's going uh, pretty well. I'm happy with the games that I'm playing. Everything so far, so good. Fingers crossed. But good good talk on this, guys, about the whole tribalism and gaming and uh, Phil's comments. I mean, we went on about the media and just, you know, fan bases in general. But overall, good talk, good talk. Uh, we'll move on to uh, another topic, fellas. And, really, I mean, this goes with what we were previously sort of alluding to in the last topic. Uh, with the launch of the new consoles, there's been a few hiccups from both Xbox and PlayStation. Now, whether it be hardware-related or just issues with graphical fidelity, for Xbox, there's been, well, a few performance issues with some games. For example, Devil May Cry 5, it performs well in the 4K mode. However, there's been some frame rate issues to say the least. And now Microsoft responded stating that we are aware of performance issues in a handful of optimized titles on the Xbox Series X and S and are actively working with our partners to identify and resolve the issues to ensure an optimal experience. As we begin a new console generation, our partners are just now scratching the surface of what next-gen consoles can do, and minor bug fixes are expected as they learn how to take full advantage of our new platform. So, an understandable response from Microsoft, but guys, what, um, I'll put this out there to anybody on the panel, why are we seeing these discrepancies so early on into this gen? And again, I'll keep this open to anyone whoever wants to go for it first. You know, Tim brought up uh, the fact that they got these dev kits late. And whether that's some truth to that or not, I, I do not know. All I know is they're working right now to solve the issues with, um, you know, some just some of the issues that games are having. For example, I've seen a recent update to Devil May Cry. I've seen an update to uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And numerous other titles that, you know, uh, I think it was Watch Dogs Legion that also had an update. 
So you see them working out these um, these these flaws, these imperfections on these games. So um, they're working out these kinks. Uh, I don't expect it. I mean, we see it throughout the whenever they release these titles, these games that are they have bugs. Um, and I think just for the simple fact that they don't have these these dev kits early and they have them late, like Tim said, um, that's the issue with it. And then they're working, they're just working themselves out. Mm-hmm, correct. And I, I think Phil Spencer, too, I think Phil stated something where they were waiting on AMD to release, uh, yes. like, their information as well. Wait, and, they, and also... Um, Early on in manufacturing, they were waiting for the specific AMD technology in their chipset. So they were behind Sony in terms of building the units, unfortunately. So I think Tim is right when he says that they're a little bit behind in like their, their tool sets. And they're just behind Sony in general. So developers were able to get their hands on, again, uh, Sony's tool sets, their consoles, and just being able to better optimize their games right before Xbox. No, and he did say, again, he, he didn't say any, he didn't have any sources or whatnot, but he was talking about how the PlayStation went back to the drawing board and um, basically redesigned its system and redesigned what it did to counter what Xbox was doing. Whether there's some truth to that or not, uh, the fact that a lot of these developers had the PlayStation 5 uh, dev kits and tools long before... Uh, Xbox uh, got theirs in, in the hands of these developers. Maybe there's some truth to that. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, one thing you can look at, too, is that Xbox was waiting on AMD for this chip sh- chipset and for them to announce the RDNA 2. They'll have more advanced yeah. tools to work with for developers, uh, again, to play around with uh, going on into month to the months ahead. So they may have an advantage in the long run. However, right now, I think we will continue to see from the looks of things um, PlayStation 5 to have some slightly more optimized games for like the next couple of months. But I mean, Xbox is the one with the more pow- powerful console on paper, correct? Like, I mean, yes. were, are we were we yeah. expecting way yeah. too much from Microsoft to just because they have the power um, that they would come out swinging with like the best looking games, the best optimized games right out the gate? Yeah, but you know, at the same time, I do want them to respond. You know, they talked about transparency and the fact that they still yet we have yet to still see the power of the Series X and what this console is capable of doing. We've seen it from Sony's side, whether it was Ratchet or Clank, uh, you know, the the tech that they showed on that, the world building, and some of the things they can do with the SSD as far as that goes. We have yet to see it on Xbox, and that's all I'm saying is they need to come out and say, um, you know, to show this what this console is capable of doing, and they've yet to do that as at, up to this point. Mm -hmm. I think that if uh, they had a launch-ready, like, big AAA title uh, launch exclusive, then they may have been able to shake off a lot of this criticism. But unfortunately, 
their lineup. I mean, while I do like what I'm playing so far, again, on screen, I have Gears Tactics at the moment. I'm really enjoying this game, by the way. It's a fantastic uh, strategy game in the Gears universe. But at the same time, though, like, if they had, like, a huge exclusive at launch, I think they wouldn't have gotten as much criticism. It would have taken a, a lot of the pressure off of what maybe people were experiencing from other titles. But, yeah, unfortunately, we have to deal with some of these unoptimized games, whether it be with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I've seen some stuff going on there. Devil May Cry 5. I think there's a few other titles. Um, has anybody on the panel experienced anything with uh, their games on the Xbox Series X or S? Any optimization issues? No. Yeah, I mean... Valhalla's been running fantastic for me. Watch Dogs has been running great. I, you know, I will admit I haven't played Devil May Cry. But those two particular games, though, I played were fantastic um i put in rise son of rome would look ridiculously good um but no i thank goodness i i can't say that i've had any issues i know that my brothers had some saving issues with uh especially watchdogs i know people have reported that they're playing for two three hours and they lose all of that uh you know I, that's more of a software thing than it is so much the hard way i i like i said i i have thankfully had no issues or more specifically performance related issues with my series x especially in uh, and valhalla i've put already 35 hours into wow that's bizarre because i know valhalla for example had the screen tearing and i had the screen tearing early um, I knew it right off the bat, and I stopped playing it because the screen tearing just got so annoying. Uh, and then they came out with the uh, the 1.02 patch for the Valhalla, and I could say that it's it's running way better. I mean, it's night and day now. Uh, it dropped frames uh, before the uh, the download, um, and it's not dipping anymore. It's a solid 60 frames per second if you play on. Um, resolution mode, it's it's uh, it's 30, but it's at 4K, uh, and it still runs great. But no screen tearing. Okay, all right. Yeah, Pong Soul in the chat says uh, Watch Dogs is collecting dust until they fix that save issue. Yeah. Lost over mm -hmm. three hours. Ooh. There you go. Ooh, that's rough. I've been seeing quite a few of that. I think Clowns, too. Italian Clowns also had an issue. He was telling me about he lost a few hours as well. Dang. Like, uh, yes. Oh, that's rough. I mean, that sucks, you know, when you put so much time into a game, and then once you lose that much time invested in it, you just don't want to go back into it because it just feels like lost time. So, Yeah, I agree. I had that same issue with GTA V. I just didn't want to go back to it after a certain bug. But, uh, all right, all right, very interesting. Uh, Centurion, have you had any issues with any of uh, uh, your games so far, or...? Not so far, but I've also been hanging out in the bushes, scared to uh, really put my uh, console through the pa paces. I've actually been worried to boot up Valhalla on my Series X. <laughs> oh, man. I was, Go ahead, fire I was, that I, thing up, man. I know. I was paces. actually going to do it tonight after the show. But, yeah, um, I wanted to do it earlier, but, oh, my gosh, uh, with the holiday and everything and everything I had to get done, I just didn't have the time to do it, and... I also kind of been dancing around it because uh, who wants to go through that again? Yeah, yeah. yeah nobody, does. <laughs> nobody does. You know what I've been playing? I've been in the Destiny, so I feel bad. So lack thereof, I'm still waiting on the update for I think December eighth. Yeah, you know what? December eighth is when the uh, sixty uh -huh. frames drops. Mm -hmm. Is anybody else so. checked out Yakuza Like a Dragon? 
I have it, but I haven't played it. Oh yeah, I, of course I, I've played. Uh, I'm probably about seven hours into it. Oh, don't I, my, yeah, you got further than me? It's my favorite. It's my favorite game so far this year. I mean, we're talking about the story is fantastic. The gameplay is excellent. I mean, just the characters are are just amazing. Uh, it's it's a complete <clears throat> game in my opinion. It it gets off to us. A, a, I don't want to say a slow start because the story is there, but it takes a while for you to uh, get into just your, the character building. Um, it take it's a little bit slower at slower pace. So when I'm seven hours into it, I'm just classifying my character like you know. I don't want to spoil the story for anybody, but um, it's basic up until that seven hour point to where you get into your job titles and stuff like that. But talk about a great game, right? Centurion, it's a, it's a fantastic title. Oh yeah. It's a good game. I've never played a Yakuza game before. I'm enjoying the story. I mean, gosh, you know, what more could you want from a game? It actually has some, you know, a story worth watching. Sometimes story is lost in between with all these graphics and all the other stuff in between. And, I, I just love a good story-based uh, story based game, and Yakuza Like a Dragon has been that for me. Um, I'm so but, pathetic, man. You know the reason why I haven't played mine yet? Mine's in the trunk of my car. I ended up in... I opted for the... <laughs> Don't you detail. like living on cold I wanted the Steelbook edition of the game. It came with two. And I just haven't been... Just I, just I don't know why. I haven't reached into my trunk and get the game out yet. I'm so used to buying digital. That uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> Megatron's like, don't make me pop the trunk. It's like, <laughs> I've, got, I've gotten spoiled with all these digital purchases that I oh, just. And then you still got to load the damn game. Once you put the Dude. disc in, it still has to load. <laughs> down. So, no, you want to talk sucks. about? You want to talk about Wayne Digital? Okay, uh-huh. so on Black Friday, uh, right here in Phoenix, Arizona, guys, you know, hit me up on DMs because I don't want to get them in trouble. But yeah, they're selling Immortals, Phoenix Rising, or whatever. Days early, they have no idea that they are pretty much selling that game before its street date. I walked around with it for a few minutes, but it didn't have the season pass, so I put it back on the shelf. I was like, "Nope, I'm gonna go wait until it comes out digitally, so I can get the season pass." When does that game come out? It comes out. It comes out. Yeah, this Friday. Okay. So, I, I mean, but I literally had to weigh that option in my head. I was like, digital or physical. I'd have to wait for digital. I could get physical now, but I feel like. Uh, it's going to be lacking because I couldn't even purchase the season pass by itself right now currently. So I was just like, you know, I'll just wait for it to come out digitally. But still, I mean, like to have a game days early before its release date, I just, you know, had to mow that over in my head. You know, there's so much going on in Yakuza. Like it's just a fantastic game. I haven't played a game like this in like five years. Mm -hmm. It's that good. Um, I don't know if you'll like it, Megatron, because it is a turn-based RPG. I love turn-based. Uh, I prefer turn-based okay. Final Fantasy okay. over the Final Fantasy 15, so go, yeah. Yeah, so you'll love it, man. And there's, the, mm-hmm. I mean, it's set up the same way. You can click whether or not you want to attack, special attack. Uh, you can run, but you can interact with the environment. So if there's a bike or a chair or a table, your character will pick up that bike, chair, table and use it at your enemy. It just depends where you are. Um, and how you approach these enemies. But the stories, it's just over the top. It's fantastic. I like I the rec- humor. I recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I was about I to say, the, it's off the beaten path the, of a regular Yakuza, right? 
Yeah, but you know what's you know what's weird about it? It's very serious. It has a very serious tone, but it's bonkers. It's totally bonkers. Which it's you would think it's a it's a um a, a different I mean it is a different blend of game, but you you would think it would off put the other one, a uh, serious tone or, or a funny tone to it. And it does both really well. It's very serious at the same time it doesn't take itself too serious. Um, to jump in though, now you told me, uh, we'd be able to play some, uh, sea of thieves this weekend, but, um, I would like, I don't think we were able to meet, able to kind of find a good time where we were able to meet up and do that. But I did check it out on my own and I would have to agree with you. Sea of thieves totally. Um, I mean, wow. I totally forgot how awesome that game was. Yeah, I think it looks a lot better on the X, the Series uh, X, uh, than PC because my PC is pretty hefty, and I tried out both. And I would say I would give the Series X um, the edge in terms of just graphics, and the game's beautiful, no doubt. Yeah, we definitely got to get a. Get a crew going for that. I know we keep talking about it, but uh, it will be coming. I got a sale with uh, Tim Dog there on the high seas, the salty Tim Dog. <laughs> but um, yeah, guys, either way, like uh, Xbox responding to these criticisms. I know everything is still early on in this gen. Hopefully, again, like a few people on the panel were saying, and he, in the in the chat too, there have been patches already to certain games. So hopefully. We keep on seeing that and more improvements down the line. Uh, Victor Alistein with the $2 super chat. Thank you, Victor. Class action lawsuits will be a lot this gen. <laughs> well, hey, maybe. I mean, as uh, long as they uh, don't break any more consoles, I think uh, that would be a good sign. <laughs> but uh, anyways, guys, we will move on to some other news going on in the Xbox world. And recently, we had a special announcement from developer Piranha Games stating that MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries is making its way to Xbox consoles sometime in the spring. Now, because of the nature of the IP, it will be an Xbox console exclusive. Um, I think Xbox, Microsoft has the rights to the video games for the IP. I, I think it's kind of like stretched out, like there's different rights to like uh, movies and so on, but they have the, the rights to the, the games. Now, the last game from uh, in the series uh, to be on the console was the spinoff Mech Assault 2 back in uh, 2004. So, obviously, it's a huge welcome for console fans, I'm sure, including myself. Like, I am really excited about this news. Now, I'll start with whoever really just wants to chime in here first. How big of a deal is it for MechWarrior to come back to Xbox consoles? So, I think, I, I think I'm the only one that's played it. Megatron, have you played it yet? Mech Assault, Mech Warrior Five. 5? No. Mech Warrior Five. No, I haven't. I haven't played it. <clears throat> okay. I think I'm the only one that's played it here. Um, I would say it's a game that has a lot of legs. It's going to be one of these titles like a Sea of Thieves. Like it's constantly evolving. You can upgrade every aspect of your mech and your character, uh, the inside of your cockpit. I mean, just every aspect of the of your your mech, uh, you can upgrade. It has big open worlds. Uh, for you to explore, uh, there is a story. Ra it's rather just lift stuff uh, than a full-blown, uh, you know, campaign. But it, the story is there 
for those who want it, but it's more of an action-oriented online experience. Um, lots of microtransactions um, and different ways to upgrade uh, different mechs, different bodies of mechs, different skins, different weapons. Um, and I think later on in the game, you can even upgrade like your base and stuff. I, I just, I've heard rumors of that. I haven't experienced it yet, but what were we going to say, Megatron? I'm curious, Joe. Well, first of all, I, want, I don't want people to get confused because you got Mech Assault and you got Mech Warrior. Yeah, so those are two different games. So you got yep. Lone Wolf was the last one that came out, and I think that was in two thousand. That was two thousand four. And four. Yeah. Um. So I don't want to get those confused because I mean, uh, when Mech Assault was more arcadey, but it was hella fun. It was one of the yeah. first games that you get you got you're able to play on Xbox Live, and let me tell you, I put in tons and tons of hours mm-hmm. in that game. Um. So Mech Warrior is another beast in itself. It's way more extensive, like you were saying. Um. Uh, and uh, downer, and uh, so I don't know. Um, when the original Mech Warrior came out, I remember it had a on the PC, it had a cult following. Mm-hmm. There was people that were playing all over the world, they were playing it. was very, it was kind of like the first, uh, you know, Counter Strike, those type that type of game. Um, those, those types of games like Mech Warrior, Counter Strike built the foundation to what we have today with the, the Fortnites. Uh, and all those other game, the arena-based games that have just taken off. Um, now that we have on console, I mean, PC players have been playing these types of games just for generations, and you know now they're just finally starting to take off, super take off uh, in terms of uh, just and being embedded in our culture nowadays, like Fortnite is. Uh, but yeah, Mech Warrior did it first. You know, I remember the first Mech Warrior. Uh, my old boss, uh, who hired me back when I was 16 years old, he actually got me into Mech Warrior, mm-hmm. the original Mech Warrior, and still it's still going strong today. There's like a cult following with it. Mm-hmm. What I like about Mech Warrior and these type of games, you know, similar to a Chrome House, if you guys ever played that, you're able to just oh build your. Yeah. The Chrome House was awesome. I think. I would be more excited for that, but you know that was made by From, From Software. I'd be more excited for Chrome House than I am Mech Warriors. I never played a Mech Warrior game, but I have a lot to look forward to when you're able to build your mech and you know piece together this ultimate you know you know beast that you go out in the battlefield and just kind of you know you know PvP and just go out and just wreck things with your team. You know that's my favorite you know thing to do uh, when it comes to multiplayer. Um, but I've never played it. Um, so I don't think there's ever been a Mech Warrior on Xbox at all. Has there been? No. Does anyone know? No, just the uh, spin I don't think there has. So this been, will be no. the first time because it was mm-hmm. on PC. It came out on PC. Um, it was mm-hmm. like kind of a you know a, a quiet kind of a launch on Xbox Ultimate for PC. Is that how you pick? You started playing it, Jeremy, or did you just? I I played on PC. If I remember correctly, it came out on. Oh my god, I can't remember. I want to say one of the old Sega systems, the original Mech Warrior came out, and hmm. I start I started playing it on that. If I remember correctly, it was on that, but don't hold me to that. I remember it was on a console, and then I played it on PC, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, we haven't seen any of these like from the BattleTech universe on the xbox system again including mech assault for like what 15 years i mean this is a franchise that a lot of 
Xbox players, a lot of fans have wanted back on the uh, on the ecosystem, and now it just seems like we're finally getting it. I'm just curious, though. I mean, why are we just hearing about this now? Shouldn't this have been announced back at like I don't know, maybe the Xbox Showcase, for example, like back in June? I mean, I, I like. I mean, maybe the deal came down later. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That's my only. That that could be my only answer to your question. I mean, sure. This was. This is a big deal. Uh, it would have been great to have this front and center, uh, whether this be at the May event, uh, the you know the July uh, you know event would have been great, but maybe this was a deal that came down later uh, than than their event, uh, you know, right, could potentially right after. Um, I don't know. It's it's pretty interesting. Uh, to, uh, but I, I I'm ha- I, look. I'll say this: Is it my type of game? Not really. Titanfall, mm-hmm. yes. This, eh, you know, I'll take it or leave it. If they would have telling, if they, if, if if the conversation would have been that they're bringing, uh, they're redoing Mech Assault in an HD version, or they're just bringing that particular brand yes. back, I would have mm-hmm. been excited for that because I spent ridiculous times uh, with both of uh, the first and second one. Uh, but listen, if you are a, a, a Mech Assault, uh, or, you know, Mech Warrior kind of a player, then this is good for you for Xbox because guess what? It's probably going to be in Xbox Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the uh, – I'm sorry, it wasn't the original, but it was Mech Warrior 2 that came out on the Sega Saturn. And that's the one I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can't wait for these titles to drop. Uh, if Have you guys ever played the Steel Battalion on the original Xbox? That I was developed by Capcom. I had both controllers, both I think it was green button and blue button uh, controllers. Really? And yes, yes, really? well, I still have it. I still have my Steel Battalion. I love that. The learning curve to that game was awesome. You, oh yeah, was, uh, yeah, that was Vertical Tanks. What uh, Steel Battalion was? It was called Vertical Tanks. Well, I don't have I don't have my controllers anymore, but I had I was playing land parties with the Steel Battalion. Those things were two hundred dollars a pop when they first came out with the actual controller uh, lined up with it. And we used to have band parties with the Steel Battalion controllers. And I used to have my, some of my old employees come over and play uh, Steel Battalion uh, on the Xbox with the big giant TVs. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just, yeah, because when the first the first one came out, there was no online, which you know was like you spent two hundred dollars plus. Didn't include the game. I think you had to right. buy the game and the controller at the same time. It was like, yeah. and you didn't um. You couldn't play anyone online, so you just you were just limited to what you had on the screen in campaign, and that was it. Yeah, you know, so once and, they went but, to Steel Battalion Two, it was another ball. Right, right, mm-hmm. and then we, they came out with Part Two, and that's when you know mm-hmm. it was a good game. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll go back to something that Clobriel had said a while back when he was teasing stuff for Xbox, like uh, certain IP. Phil likes mechs. So this, I would assume that this has been in the works for at least uh, a couple of years. I remember doing a video on this, actually, about this very subject about, maybe it was about a year and a half ago, where Piranha Games had did an interview, I can't remember with which outlet, but they had to be very selective with their wording, that they were going back and forth, back and forth with Microsoft about something, and I had always speculated 
that it had been about MechWarrior 5 possibly get going mm-hmm. over to the Xbox ecosystem. So I'm really excited to see this because I'm a huge mech fan. I mean, like Boom, I, I do enjoy more of the uh, Titanfall kind of like action. But at the same time, I love a good like strategy uh, mech game where you have to like manage all your resources and stuff. You know, I like the different aspects of it. And the Battletech universe that MechWarrior is in, it's very... It's very large, and there's a lot that you can do with it. I mean, again, look at Mech Assault, for example. It's screaming for a new game. Like, again, even if it's just a remaster, they got to do something with that. They hold the IP in their hands. So, Microsoft, I want to see you do more with this. It's just interesting, too, because Piranha Games, along with this, announced that they were acquired by... I'm not even sure who this is, to be honest, this publisher, but they own a few studios, Inad Global 7... And they'll. I'm just kind of wondering if they'll continue to work on the uh, Mech Warrior IP since being bought. I don't know. You think Microsoft would uh, if th- if this is successful, guys? Mech Warrior Five on the Xbox platform. Do you guys think that Microsoft will be a little more careful with the IP and possibly bring it internally? I mean, it just, it just depends how how much it takes off because it is a slower paced game. Uh, you know, so just I know people like that quick, fast, open world type experiences now with the Fortnites and just the different things that you can do. Apex is another one. And I don't know if there's room for I know there's people do like it and there is room for it. But I don't know if there's uh, so much room in this very competitive market. We'll see. Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, downer. I, again, I'm excited. When you say bring it internally, though. See, this is Mech Warrior now. You're saying you're refer- you're referring to Mech Assault, where you think you think will bring another studio to make the game is what you is what you're trying to say, right? Or well, I'm referring to both actually. I mean, they do okay. hold the IP technically, uh, the the rights to it. Uh, so because this other studio, again, they again they want to work on the title. Microsoft was you know being a little loose with it and they allowed them to work on it and they just Mm -hmm. got bought by a different publisher so i'm just kind of uh wondering if they should bring this ip like either uh get i don't know let's say the coalition to possibly work on it another internal studio or just just create a, a new internal studio period just to work on like this ip but I'm just like it depends though how how much of this takes off on the ecosystem. Right now on the PC, it seems to be doing well. I I could see a scenario where this thing flourishes, especially with crossplay involved on the Xbox ecosystem. But I'm just kind of curious to see what Microsoft plans to do with this, what Xbox plans to do with this IP, because I think that there's a lot of potential for growth in this. But. I don't know. We'll see in time, guys. I mean, they're just trying something out now. And we won't have long to wait, right? Sometime in spring, apparently, this is coming out. And they're also going to be releasing a batch of new content with this. So, fingers crossed. Hopefully, it goes well. I'm excited. And it looks like a lot of people in the chat are excited as well. Definitely write ATL. Hit that like button, guys, if you haven't, haven't done so already. And we will move on to some other news that's been making the rounds for the past week. Or so, and it looks like PlayStation will soon have a service in the same vein as Xbox's Game Pass. Now, speaking to TASS, or T-A-S-S, Sony Interactive Entertainment head Jim Ryan stated that there is actually news to come regarding some kind of Game Pass-like service. And he also pointed out that they do have... 
PlayStation Now. However, it's not quite the same service as Xbox Game Pass. Now, Centurion Buddy, what do you think of Jim Ryan's comments? Are they are they preparing to answer, preparing some kind of an answer to Xbox's Game Pass service? Answer yes. Are they going to duplicate it? Probably not. Uh, let's first start with, uh, the white elephant in the room and how Jim Ryan and Sony, the beginning of this generation have done a lot of backtracking and pivoting and changing of the messaging a little bit here and there. Um, and this is just another one. just a few months ago. Um, as a matter of fact, we had Jim Ryan over here talking about how, subscription services are unsustainable because of the amount of money that they put into some of their games sometimes their first party studio budgets go over a hundred million dollars and for them that's <laughs> that's not sustainable to put a a game of that caliber in any kind of subscription service day and date so i'm very <clears throat> excuse me Here's the interesting part is I really think there's probably going to be some bitterment out of Jim Ryan over having to pursue this because for starters, Jim Ryan does not own PlayStation. He merely runs it. Mm-hmm. He has bosses. He has a board of directors he answers to. He really has no say so or control over the brand at the end of the day. And when we see the success that HBO is having with their subscription service, Disney is having with their subscription service, Microsoft with their subscription service, everybody and their grandmother has a subscription service. And we got Jim Ryan over here trying to put his hand up like he's the Highlander, like it's not going to fly over here. Good luck on fighting the beast. So definitely they're going to have to come out with a much better solution for their subscription service. And this is where I hope Jim Ryan is listening. You own a studio. You own Sony Pictures. That means you could create a subscription pass that would basically go way beyond what Microsoft could ever touch. And that is by putting some of the movies that you actually have certain rights to in your subscription service. Like, we already see it right now that certain movies, like uh, the new Wonder Woman movie, is going to appear day and day in a subscription service along inside theaters. And I really see Sony could potentially embrace an idea like this by creating an an entertainment-based subscription service that gives you access to some of their staple games that have really great single-player experiences that are very heavily narrative-driven, and it also gives you access to a slight library of uh, movie or television entertainment that has been made under Sony Pictures. Well, what do you mean? They've tried some of it with the PlayStation View. It, it, but we all see, like, they like no offense, but they've never really... I've, I'm not trying to be the jerk in the room, but I haven't seen Sony go all in on anything this generation other than VR. This last gen. This last gen. We all know that OLED was the brainchild of Sony. But we all now know that OLED has been completely dominated in the market by LG. So I, I just feel like that, like uh, the only thing that Sony has really been in, been all in last generation was VR, 
And now um, I we see them trying to do something with a controller, which I think is really cool. But definitely Sony needs to figure out what they want to do with their subscription service. And they got to go all in. And regretfully, you can't have somebody like... What about the like, hardcore, though? You know, you're talking about... Exactly, the hardcore. Media, like TV and, you know, TV, TV. Remember TV, 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 TV. I mean, you're talking <laughs> right. about including movies now into this... Well, I'm saying they could create like, something like that. I'm just saying, if you want to... Cre- what I'm getting at is they're going to create a product that is going to be different than Microsoft. I do not see them copying Microsoft. It, definitely, it is up in the air for me that they are going to release games day and day in Microsoft. Because if they do yeah. that, that is going to be basically bending the knee, air quotation marks, and basically showing Microsoft that they were right and that they need to put first-party studio titles in their day and day. Yeah. I, 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 if, if I could just jump in for a second, because I, I, I think, I, I, and I agree, I, I don't think you're going to see games there date and date, uh, but I, I, I could tell you my theory. Um, look, the, the bottom line is PlayStation Now is a service that if you want to be, uh, if you want to be frank, is not making Sony a lot of money uh, when you compare it to how long it's been out, uh, which I believe it was released in 2014. Uh, as opposed to Xbox Game Pass, which was re- which was released in the summer of 2017, and, and that's that whole all-in argument I was making that you know Microsoft wanted to do this. Yeah, no, yeah, you're ab- you're absolutely correct. But I, but the, the, when you when you say all-in, the, the, their their version, you got to understand, you got you got to look at this from a from a very very s- straightforward perspective. Sony is very very old school. Uh, 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 and, and you and even the new generation, which only started a couple of weeks ago, you can clearly tell that they are very, very strict in how they want to produce their business. They want you to buy a console, which means that they're going to give you less places to play, but on that said console. Um, this is why they didn't take the um, you know uh, Project X, X Cloud. A way that Microsoft has done. Um, they want you to buy their games. Now, of course, they would rather you buy them digitally, so they're they don't they're not paying thirty percent to some of these stores. But they want you to buy their games, and they want you to buy them on the PlayStation Five. Um, the difference here, and what I think is going to happen, and and why Jim Ryan, who has changed his direction numerous times uh, in the last couple of months, when you talk about, I mean, that's why you know, again, I, I'm not going to say this, but you've heard people in the media call him, uh, you know, Jim Lion Ryan because he's so, he's he's went back on a lot of his word. Uh, that's not what I'm calling him. He, he is a good businessman, um, but whatever. I think what they're going to do, and I'm almost positive of this, is they are going to incorporate PlayStation Now into your PlayStation Plus um, uh, yearly subscription. And I say that because if you if you if you look back to very early interviews in 2019, Sony was quoted in saying that console sales are just not the metric anymore. And it's engagement numbers mm-hmm. that, like Microsoft, they want to use. 
And I think someone made mention about a board. Here's the thing. When you look at what Microsoft is doing, and let's just say for shits and giggles, they, now we know that they've reported $15 million. I have it on good authority, and I believe that this, Tim does as well, that they're over 20 They just haven't reported it yet. If you are a board member of Sony and you say, well, wait a second, they're offering day and date for their games. They have 20 million subs right now. Do, do you know what the do you know what the do you know what the number is for PlayStation Now subscribers, folks? Do you, does anyone know? It's just above two million, and they've been out three years longer than Xbox. So there is clearly a problem with getting people to commit to these to this service for sixty dollars a yeah. year, even at sixty dollars well, a well, year. Well, I think I, I think some of the problem was the they were competing with themselves. You had the PlayStation View, which you had to subscribe to, and they cut the PlayStation View out of the out PlayStation of the market. TV came and died as well. Yes, right, right. So I think you know if they can somehow get some content in there, that would that two point two or two point four, whatever it is now. I have no idea. Uh, would theoretically go up but um i just think you know they they put all their eggs in the basket with the old generation of games that they have and which is a long list it's a long library however i think people have moved away and they want those new games now like a game pass with xbox going date and date day and date now uh now they now with uh, ZeniMax on board with with uh, you know companies like Bethesda, uh, just to name uh, you know one or two, there's no way that PlayStation can uh, compete with Xbox in terms on that type of level. So now I think what Centurion was brought up a good point saying that you know if they could somehow uh, just change it, make it different as opposed to. Uh, just going, uh, you know, blow for blow with Xbox. I think that's in their best interest as opposed to uh, what they're doing now, because there's no way that they can they can um, compete with Xbox uh, blow for blow. Because now, right now, we all know that Xbox just has way more content now than PlayStation dumps uh, current content. I'm not talking about older older games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing is, too, they, they've been slowly, like, dipping their toes into things. Like, for example, when this new generation launched with the PlayStation 5, the PS Plus uh, collection was there. And they have a very small selection of PS4 games that PS Plus users can download for free. I mean, with their PlayStation Plus account, obviously. But they have, I mean, a couple of third-party, but it's mostly their, uh, from their exclusive lineup, like Ratchet & Clank, or Until Dawn, Uncharted 4, Days Gone, and yeah. so on. Um, there are, like, there's a lot of really good games on here, but it's still games that have been out for, well, a couple of years now. And... Yeah. You know, Invader, I remember when God of War hit PlayStation now. Um, and, you know, that, that would be a title that everybody wants. That every And, yeah, everybody's played it. But at the same time, those are the titles that you need on there. And, again, they can't compete with Xbox now with the hate. And just uh, the Fallouts, the Skyrim, just the Elder Scrolls series. Now it's just going to be like, okay, what are we going to do? What is PlayStation going to do to counter... Uh, their game pass so maybe Centurion's right and maybe they are 
looking into getting some of these uh, Sony um, Sony pictures, um, maybe even Sony Music. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Well, it would be a good idea to leverage what they have. I mean, for example, if you look like, uh, like say, take uh, like Amazon Prime, for example, right? You've got not only the shipping, but you've got access to the music. You've got access to uh, Twitch uh, Prime See, I, gaming it's and so just, on. It's just the problem they're going to run into if they do that. And I don't think it's, yeah, they can do it on paper. But I don't think financially they can do it. And number one is because you can't pay both the developers, uh, the video game developers, and the royalties out on some of these Sony Pictures stuff because you have to pay everybody, you know. So they almost have to make it a separate uh, subscription service like they did with the View, uh, the PlayStation TV, PlayStation View um, Because I just think they'll just leak money like they did with The View. So, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just find uh, Jim Ryan's comments just really interesting because, again, a couple of months ago, he was just calling this like uh, these subscription services very unsustainable. Now he's going on record saying, oh, you know, we'll be announcing something very soon. You and know, then, and yeah. then Phil Spencer got into talking about uh, actually how um, Game Pass is not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing for developers. You could... Uh, Did you see, like, the interview with um, Phil Spencer mm. on describing the different scenarios on how uh, one developer can approach them with an idea for basically fully funding a game, mm -hmm. and they get all the money from uh, the Game Pass revenue, uh, and the developer can get all the money from their retail sales, Um, yeah. or, or yeah, basically the, he broke it down in like at least three different ways that a developer can use the game pass system to yeah. basically help them and based it's on a, their situation. It's a win-win situation. Now you don't have that burden of releasing a game, uh, into the wild and worried whether or not it's going to be a success or failure, uh, Xbox offer. And I know if I'm a developer, I'm going to automatically gravitate towards the Xbox platform because of that. You know, why would I uh, go to an open market, which is very unpredictable? You don't know if your game is going to be a success. You don't know if you're going to make your next game or not because uh, it is, you know, the the industry is just so volatile. Um, Xbox Game Pass is a perfect place for you to, uh, you know, to launch your first game. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, right? It's almost like, because, again, there are all these scenarios will, where Xbox will get a developer's back, no matter what, oh. from the sounds of it. And it's just really encouraging for a developer to be with Xbox to launch a game. Let's also, like, look at the, the product difference between PS Now and Game Pass. And in my mind, there's three games, there's at least two games that come to mind, maybe three Um, right now, uh, the two big ones for me are Grounded and Sea of Thieves and the Forza, uh, Forza Horizon 4. Um, these are games that are updated on a regular basis. They change. They have events. Um, they're, these games, like, literally, you can come and go from these games and they can change overnight just by a developer releasing an update or a patch. And I, that's definitely something else that 
forgive me that I feel like PS Now is lacking is I feel like PS Now is just a lot of games of like here you go this is this is basically you know what you're going to get and there's not really I hate to say it but there's nothing to look forward to with Game Pass you have the ability to look forward to new titles being released in there on a very regular basis because Microsoft did what they could to make sure there was a lot of content constantly being put in there, especially from their first-party studios. And then the games that are being put in there, some of them are pretty much uh, games as a service, and you can keep coming back to these games on a very regular basis and basically have a completely new experience. Well, not only that, as you look, if you're a developer or a publisher... You know, you get a second wind, a second life, lease on life on these games. Um, you know, take, for example, a game like Soccer Car. I always call it Soccer Cars, but, you know, Soccer Cars was free to play. Rocket League was is now free to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a $20, $20 game for the longest time. I think they've seen um, uh, it plateau, and they've seen, okay, maybe it's more beneficial for us to go the free-to-play route, getting more users, more, um, you know, just more users in general to play our game, to buy, you know, some of the microtransactions that they have on a particular car, soccer field, or whatnot. And the same thing applies to Game Pass. You know, the people that are that haven't necessarily played Battlefield 4, Battlefield 5 for EA or are now about- getting... Right, Downer, now getting, what about the secret that came out for Control? Yeah, yeah, that Control. Com- you're going to get breathed new life into a development studio that can honestly use it through Remedy. Yep. yep. So not only are you receiving, uh, you know, the revenue uh, as far as that goes, but now you're getting a second opportunity to sell your downloadable content. In Remedy's case, it's the two. Uh, the two DLCs they came out with, um, I forget the name of them, Jesus. But you have that opportunity as well. And a game like Battlefield 4, Battlefield 5, um, which do have microtransactions in them, you can now uh, cater to new users on that. Maybe it's and then you know maybe it's for out of the 15, uh, 15 million users that Game Pass has. You know, two or three million more people are playing your game now uh, that did not before, which well, is an I can also attest to that. Um, yeah. I being, I play, you know, I play ESO. I mm. played that game long before it was ever on Game Pass. And there was some times, man, you could hear your echo in that place. <laughs> was that, you know, you're just like, man, unless there was an event or something going on, yeah. uh, there was times that you, it could be pretty empty depending on what part of the world you're in. Uh, but when it was put in Game Pass, it, it changed that game overnight. All of a sudden, like, hub worlds were becoming cities, and now uh, me and friends of mine have actually had to go out and actually create uh, guild halls that we can go to to actually get away from all the hustle and bustle of everybody <laughs> just being in the game all of a sudden because, like, literally, they, like it went from, oh, a game that you have to buy to all of a sudden, like, I've never played it before, but I remember Skyrim, I'm going to try it out, and all of a sudden people are everywhere. I remember when playing, I was playing Sea of Thieves early on, and it was, you know, some of them, sometimes it was hard to find a ship in that particular server. I remember, you know, maybe some of you remember those days 
Now it's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> now those days are gone because you not only do you have PC players and you could turn that option off if you, if you don't want to fight PC players. Um, but, I turned yeah. mine off. I didn't see no one last night. It was great. <laughs> I was able to go do a whole, uh, I don't want to say mission, but a whole quest, whatever you want to call it, went and got some treasure, fought some of the new enemies, checked out the sites, and I was just like, this was actually quite nice. I didn't run into one Mm -hmm. (laughs) a-hole. But even titles where developers don't even necessarily have to make their games free to play, for example, um, you look at something like Destiny, Destiny 2, for example, right? And Bungie made it, uh, you can download it for free, play it for free, and then all of a sudden they make a deal with Microsoft to put their, their latest expansions, day one, free into Game Pass. And how, you know that's going to draw a huge, huge concentration of players into that game right off the bat because of all this new content being injected. Right. Yep, 100%. Yeah. Which I think is a much better uh, score than getting an exclusive raid because, you know, an exclusive raid, you play that raid. I'm going to be up front. It's hard to find anybody to properly do a raid. So I'm just at this point, I could say having some free DLC uh, uh, that's going to be pretty much uh, going to be giving you content all year long versus having a free raid. Uh, this is a big yeah. score, definitely for Microsoft. You know, and I think Sony, you know, you look at it from that standpoint. I think Sony's pigeonholed themselves, to be honest. They're making these single-player experiences, right? Uh, and they're costing upwards to 200 to $500 million to produce. But how are you going to get that money back? I mean, yeah, there's 100 million PlayStation um, or PlayStation 4 active users or active owners. Um, but... You know, where does how are you going to get that money back that you're spending? You know, you can't with uh, their their current business model with the single player. So they have to have some sort of revenue coming in, whether it's a game like Sea of Thieves, uh, whether it's a game, you know, just some of these uh, some of these gas games. Now, <laughs> I hate to be that guy to throw the question out there. I've always asked that question in my head, but. What studio do you see that might that Sony has in their possession that would be capable of creating something on that scale? Uh, maybe Gorilla. I think they're. Mm-hmm. That's the only one that comes to mind in my head. Yeah, I think Gorilla is capable. I do think Insomniac is uh, uh, is capable of doing it. I think if they can go the uh, imagine a online uh, game open world like Sunset Overdrive. You know, the, just the business opportunities in terms of the skins, in terms of just the th- different things that you can do with that type of game. Um, we, we've all seen what Grand Theft Auto Online is capable of doing and the cash cow that is that beast in itself. Uh, I think Sunset Overdrive uh, is another game just, you know, off the top of my head mm-hmm. and Insomniac. Yeah, Media Molecule, I think, would be interesting as well. Even though they're a smaller team, they do a lot of experimental games. Like, they've done uh, Dreams, for example. That became very popular. I think if you gave a studio like that the chance to to experiment Mm -hmm. with that kind of a model, I think that they could do some really interesting things because they're definitely... 
they definitely are very I, creative. Yeah, I do think a, a talented company like Naughty Dog can do something with The Last of Us in that type of world. Uh, maybe you can do something in the lines of, you know, you, you have the same foundation. I don't know even what they're called, spores, zombies, whatever they're called. And you have to take over territories and you have the gangs and, and the group, different groups and towns. And just in terms of that, you can do cer certain situations. I don't know, it'd be interesting to see that world kind of fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, another $2 super chat from Victor Alistine. Marvel needs to put Avengers on Game Pass. Um, that would be interesting. Uh, however, I don't think I agree, Mar Marvel's but... Avengers isn't uh, doing too well at the moment, from what I'm to understand. I no, don't think... Uh, as long as... And doesn't PlayStation have the marketing rights to that? Yes, they do. And yes. as long as they have the marketing rights to that, no one is allowed to put the word Xbox next to avengers so definitely that ain't gonna fly <laughs> god that would look yeah, so I, bad I, I mean look i'll say this in regards to what victor was saying i i've been saying this for the long time i and again maybe phil disagrees with me and that's fine obviously he's running xbox and i'm certainly not um i love what sony has done with cornering the market with superhero games. Uh, they obviously did it with Spider-Man and Insomniac, and we've seen it with Miles Morales, which is a phenomenal game. We saw uh, the the marketing push that so we know Sony is known for with Avengers. Now, Avengers, unfortunately, it, it listen, I'm enjoying it. I stopped playing it. it. It's a game that has a tremendous amount of issues. Not so much technical. It's just you're fighting the same robots all the time. It, 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 it's more of a content issue than it yeah. is a technical issue. Uh, I, I find all the heroes were great. Um, but to his point... Uh, and I, I don't have the super chat in front of me. Let me just see if I can pull it up because I don't want to talk off the side of my head here. He, what did Victor say? Victor says, um, uh, he, obviously Marvel's Avengers would never come to Game Pass because of the marketing, what you said. But I, I, again, this is going a little bit off, de deviating a little bit from the question. Mm. I've, I've always said they're Invader. I, I think that Xbox needs their own Marvel game. Whether it be Black Panther, whether it be a Punisher game, uh, you know, the Midnight Suns, where you got the Moon Knight, Punisher, Ghost mm. Rider, Blade. I, I don't know if it's worth them doing no, their I own. Think, uh, me personally, I think the superhero thing is kind of losing its sales. And it, Sony is really not the one to take credit for it. It's really the movie industry that capitalized on it. And Sony's just copying and pasting what they're doing. Um, you know, you look at Netflix, you look at um, Disney, you look at just all these superhero, what Amazon has and what they're, everyone's just copying and pasting each other. And soon, the just the gaming industry in general and the movie industry and the TV industry, is this going to be saturated with a superhero? It, it is already, let's be honest. Um, I think just that sale is kind of losing its, its wind behind it. 
in terms of what the superhero uh, business can can uh, produce. But because I, I don't know about you, I'm just I'm getting sick of these superhero stuff. Oh, I, I, I'm certainly not. That, again, it's, we'll, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll kind of buck heads there. I, I think what the, what Marvel and DC are doing is nothing short of astounding. Uh, and to bring all yeah. of that, you know being a huge comic book fan who still buys books to this day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I am, I am, I'm completely enthralled with everything that they're doing because they're mm-hmm. bringing what we used yeah. to just simply read on a paper, on a paper book uh, to, to life. So for me, I, yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I see, I could see where you might suggest that there it is oversaturation, but when you look at the gaming aspect, that's where there's room for growth, especially mm-hmm. on the Xbox side, considering that the last major, at least in yeah. my opinion, superhero game that Xbox had was Hulk Ultimate Destruction, which I would gladly take an HD remake for. That was exclusive? I don't, no, I don't I never think got it was, the... no, it wasn't exclusive, but it was it, it, it at least I identify it on Xbox because it played the best on Xbox. I even believe they had the marketing rights for it. That's the thing. I, I never I can't think of any first party games that Microsoft has or anything where they had to they had exclusive rights to a license like that that's like a Marvel or anything when it comes mm-hmm. to it's not their own. So I don't right. think they would do it. Yeah. I just get the impression they would never do something. And, you see what they deal with, with, the, with music and games. I mean, you know, yeah. heck, with the, the exception, with, you know, with the exception of Spider-Man, Somniac was able to produce. What other video game have you seen that has just set the world on fire? I can't. I can't think of one. What are you talking about for superheroes? You know? Batman. Yeah. Yeah, Batman. Yeah. Arkham. Yeah. I, I I would have to say I agree on that one. Batman, Arkham. I've played them all. It yeah, is. Other than really that, good. I mean, yeah. You know, but I'm just trying to think of. They're not. They're not sure. Fire, shoe in. To me, they're just more of. You know, I don't know. Oh, of course not. I, I mean, like, look just... at the history of Superman, for example. Right? Doesn't have a great track <laughs> record at all. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the potential there. I mean, if you gave, let's say, again, I'll go with uh, actually Superman. You give that. IP that property to you know a pretty talented developer um and like again like you t- we're talking about like Insomniac and Spider-Man that's one case but if you if you give that property to a pretty uh, good uh, developer with a good track record I mean you could have something pretty special there but you got to take there is again there is a little bit of a risk involved with this thing too superhero properties a lot of a risk so, a lot of a risk yeah. look at square enix right now and they still haven't even recouped you know i mean the, the numbers are low when it comes to getting their money back for that game and that's why keep a third party and keep it moving i guess and so, it's better for it to actually hop on what you're saying megatron about you know the money that they had to shell out just to have those character names and be able to even work with that license, you know, that's a lot of money. Um, I think the situation that we're going through, like with the the situation that we're going through in 2020 with the pandemic and how the entertainment industry has been affected very heavily. Uh, movie theaters aren't open. Uh, movie studios aren't open to a very large capacity. Even certain things like motion capture animation is still a big deal because of just how close quarters people need to be with each other to do this stuff. And so it has to be done under very strict guidelines. 
So I really see now going into the future that these entertainment companies that have control over these licenses hopefully are going to be a little bit more uh, loosened up when it comes to the purse strings on basically making it to where these uh, these franchises and these characters are a little bit more affordable to work with. Um, and so that way we could see more developers actually work with them. And we're just going to see the movie industry, the entertainment industry probably start using gaming and other avenues to probably generate revenue purely because we know now that even if like the world opened up tomorrow, movie theaters are not going to be opened up to the capacity that they were before all this. So they are going to be trying to find new avenues to generate revenue and they see the growth that gaming is having. And definitely uh, Xbox has definitely done a good job of showing that they have a system and a way of doing things that can help people that are looking to create new ways of generating revenue by using gaming. Mm-hmm. No, definitely a good word spoken there, Centurion. All right, Victor Allestein with another super chat for $5. Victor, you're very generous tonight. Thanks, buddy. Agree there, boom. A license will not do if they can buy the character or the WB deal thing. And while they're at it, buy Sonic and give it an Ori format. Yeah, we talked a lot about... We've, we've uh, brought that up previously, too, about uh, Xbox possibly getting Ori and uh, giving him, like, an Ori kind of a... You know, or kind of a, a format, if you will, right? So that'd be... Yeah, no, that's definitely an interesting idea there, Victor. Um, but yeah, guys, I mean... I mean, obviously, we really shot off topic going from, you know, Jim Ryan and, uh, and Sony possibly doing their own Game Pass-like service to uh, Marvel's Avengers and whatnot. But it's very interesting because there's all kinds of factors that go into these services. Obviously, we talked about uh, live games, games as a service, and they feed into these subscription services as well, not just the traditional titles. So it's going to be very interesting to see, I mean, down the road, what Sony announces with uh, any more additions to a PlayStation uh, subscription, the PlayStation uh, Plus. So it's going to be uh, oh, just very interesting in the near future. However, on that note, guys, I think we will begin to conclude tonight's episode. And honestly, really, really enjoyable chat tonight, fellas, on topics such as Phil Spencer commenting on gaming tribalism, uh, Xbox responding to some performance criticisms, and MechWarrior 5 returning to Xbox platforms, and so much more. As always, a massive shout-out to everyone that joined us in the chat to listen to us tonight. Great crowd in the chat, lots of familiar faces, along with a couple of new ones. Thank you very much, guys, for joining us. And if you haven't done so already, then please consider dropping a like, subbing to the channel, and turn on the notifications to keep up to date on the latest TXR shows. Thanks for sticking around with us, folks. Now let's move on to the outros, and we'll, we will start with our guest of the evening, Boom. Thank you very much for dropping by. I know how busy you can be running all those shows. We appreciate you taking the time to uh, come join us. We uh, really loved your insight tonight. Where can everybody uh, tune in to follow you at? Oh, I mean, that's super easy. Obviously, uh, I think everybody in the chat, and we had almost 60 people here, which is pretty cool, uh, were, uh, that stopped by. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, you probably follow me already. But if you are new and you're looking to 
Check out lots of live content weekly uh, that does not, uh, you know, uh, um, garner its support through hate towards a particular console. We we support and love all three consoles. But, you know, if you're interested and you want to get involved in the conversation, you can check me out at on Twitter at Mr. Boomstick XL. And if you want to check out my channel, it is Double Barrel Gaming on YouTube. And um, I think that you might find something there that you like. Awesome stuff, Boom. And uh, yeah, no, love your stuff, man. You're always a man with uh, lots of positivity. And you know what? Not just you, but all your panel members are pretty cool as well on your various shows. Thank you, brother. Um, you know, you definitely uh, got some good stuff there going on. And hey, guys, definitely check them out during the week. Fantastic shows. Now let's move on to the TXR crew. And I'll start off with Megatron, buddy. Great commentary tonight. Where can everybody follow you at? Oh, man, I just want to first say thank you again to Boom for um, coming on TXR, man. It was just it was an honor and uh, great to work yeah, with you again. Just, I love your I love your content, man. And uh, yeah, keep doing what you do because um, I'm definitely entertained at my work hours. <laughs> <laughs> so but um, yeah, as always, man, um, you can hit me up, you know, Megatron on Twitter, Megatron underscore one nine seven five and hit me up uh, on my uh on xbox my gamer tag is megatron one yeah that's it talk about anything and everything play games yeah definitely brother that's what it's all about you know play some games kick back relax shoot the shit whatever it is all right we got lots of good feedback in the chat oh yeah thanks uh red raven dinero primero thanks buddy pong soul other zinc uh mike from og uh next level gaming fastback Man, so many guys here. Thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, moving on down the list here, Centurion, buddy. Again, good stuff tonight, as always. Uh, where can these fine people follow you at? Well, first off, uh, thank you, Mr. Boomstick, for being here. And thank you, gentlemen. Once again, it was a very fun show. Um, I can't thank you enough. You let me come here every Sunday night, and I get to drone on and give you guys my opinion, and I can't appreciate you enough. Uh, for those interested, though, you can find me at Centurion1307 at Twitter, Xbox Live, and YouTube. I'm also on the Shop Podcast every Saturday night, and I'm right here every Sunday night with these fine gentlemen right here on the TXR Podcast. Most certainly, Centurion. And going a little further, Jeremy, buddy, uh, again, uh, you had some really good comments tonight. Uh, definitely, definitely very active. Where can everybody follow you at, brother? You can find me on Xbox at Downer Space J. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter. It's at Lone Master Who uh, 07. And you can find me there. Mr. Boomstick, uh, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And, thank uh, you, maybe brother. We'll see you around sometime, sir. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Listen, everyone's been great, man. Definitely appreciate the warm welcome, and this has been a great, great two hours. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's been a fantastic chat. You know, uh, you know, hearing different perspectives and just you know, again, just doing the regular thing what we would do normally, just you know, shoot the shit and just talk about these uh, different things going on in the game industry, right? Uh, no fights. You know, we just you know we toss back a few ideas, and that's just you know how how it's meant to be right so no squabbling no nothing just you know having a great discussion 
All right, fellas. And of course, you guys can find my content. I'm Invader. You guys can find all my content over on YouTube at Invader Gaming. And I'm active on different platforms like Twitter. I'm at Invader underscore 1986. Again, fellas, great show, everyone. And we cannot wait to see you here for next week's show. Have a good one, folks.